and they're going on that journey over this bridge. That's the experience and it's risky and it's scary and they're going somewhere they haven't been before. And then when they get to the other side, there's another door. And when they open that door, the thing they're left with, looking at them square in the face, is a mirror. A very warm welcome to the Bridging Podcast. It's your host, Özlem from Amsterdam. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new episode of the Bridging Podcast. I'm here together with Joe Weeby from Sydney, Australia. He's a 26 years old entrepreneur. He's a podcaster. He made 121 episodes and uh, he's an investor, he's an educator and he's the founder of the Constant Student Community. In his words, he's actually none of these things, what I just said. He's actually just a doorman. Just like any other doorman, he opens the door to show you a place that might be for you. And whether you enter it or not, you will soon forget him as it should be, he says. He says the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate and focus on opening doors for others. So he's also recently co-author of 18 and Lost. So were we, together with seven other authors. They bring in the book the stories of eight everyday young people who could not be more different to show that there's no perfect path after high school. Seth Godin has read the book and he writes about the book. The big lie is that people have figured out their future. In this powerful and honest book, you will discover that it's a journey, not a plan, and that you can lean into the possibilities that lie ahead. Essential reading for anyone in high school and their parents, and I would like to add, and their friends. Welcome, Joe. <laughs> wow, what a, that is going to be the best introduction I've ever been given. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the Bridging Podcast. I'm really glad to have you here because I think this is a very important topic, 18 and lost. So where are we? Actually, first of all, I would like to start with the doorman because you write on your website, I'm actually a doorman. So when I was mm. a student 10 years ago, I had uh, some teachers, lecturers, and they were working in for different companies or schools for many, many years. And when they entered their middle life, like 40, 50 years old, they told me they felt like, hey, I want to give back like doormen. I just maybe the metaphor a bit of being I want to be a doorman, open doors. But after having gained experience of for the past 20, 25 years, but you are 26 years old. Where does this come from that you are a doorman or maybe want to be a doorman? Where is this drive coming from? Yeah, I, I used to do like nonprofit and charity work, um, which we, we did in mainly in Nepal. And so I just helped run the team from Australia. I had my, just my small role to play. But I, I kind of noticed then that there were a lot of people who, I was like 21, I think, when I was doing that. And a lot of the people who were helping us out behind the scenes were, you know, older and looking to give back. And I remember thinking about how it was pretty futile in life to spend 
the majority of your time trying to build yourself up until you're in middle age and then wait to, to give back. Yeah. I kind of felt that you could build a career or whatever or, or a sustainable life by actually uplifting people. And I, I wouldn't say I've always been perfect at that, but certainly in the last year or so, it's become crystal clear to me that even if anything I do want actually comes by forgetting my interest in the short term and trying to help other people. And whenever I remember that, things seem to go pretty well for me. And when I forget that, I seem to get frustrated. I, get, I tend to get very short-sighted. And then the universe sends me the message again. And then I remember. So it, it actually makes, it gets everything, makes everything better, that focus. Everything. Like a um, positive sum game, you know, like what's good for me is good for you. So I don't need to worry about me a single player in this game. We are together. You know, if we record a great, you know, podcast episode today, it's good for you and it's good yeah. for me. There's no yeah. loser. It's actually a win-win situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so that's the beauty of it. So did you say like, actually, just, just to repeat it, just to repeat it, like you forget your own interest and you're focused on how to help others. Is this what you're saying? Is this kind yeah, of being maybe, a doorman? Yeah. Well, I think forget maybe is like, that's why I use the word forget a lot, but maybe forget's a bit too strong because uh, being completely selfless is uh, there's a good Adam Grant book called Give and Take. And he talks about mm. givers, matches and takers. But within yeah. givers, there's like types. He talks about like the completely selfless giver, which is like a doormat instead of a doorman, they just let anyone walk over them. And that actually doesn't work. You can actually help less people because you give all your energy away. You know, if you say yes to everything, you give all your energy away, you can't actually yeah. be most productive. And so it's like, but the self-interested giver, what I can't remember his terminology, but someone who understands, yes, I'm a human being, I have needs, I need to eat, I need to earn an income, I need to live in a practical reality. But I also will get further by Almost not doing like, sh it's, it's a kind of like short-term interests is what normally gets people to think more narrow. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking long-term, I find that when you think long-term, it's most situations are win-win. But when it's short-term, not all situations are a win-win. So I think it's, it's also part of it's probably thinking long-term about you, your life, what you want the world to look like and re realizing that. So for example, instead of being transactional with people all the time and only thinking about what they can do for you. Yeah. If you think about first what you can do for them, then they'll probably be more likely to help you with what you wanted originally anyway. So for a moment, you've got to forget the first reason you might reach out to them. Yeah. Drop that. And then I always try and do that and look at them as a human being, not as a tool. And then you just open up these beautiful relationships, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. I actually want to go for one moment to your book, or to your and seven other authors' book, actually, yes. because it's written by eight authors. 18 and lost, so were we. And actually, you know, knowing that you have, you went to university, you went to college, and you have studied psychology, whether you finished it or not, but what made you write this book together with the other authors? Like, what is it for and who is it for mm. and what were you actually trying to change yeah beautiful questions seth godin has a blog and mm. it's like there's 10 there's 10 reasons to write a book and then you open the blog and he says actually there's a million 
He's like, yeah. I don't know anyone who's written a book and regretted it. Yeah. It clarifies your thinking. It helps you stand out. It helps you lead more and lead. Beautiful thought, right? And that was our thinking too. It's yeah. kind of like most people I know have that ambition somewhere. And so we gave these people the opportunity. Yeah. And just because we were putting it together. So we wanted the original goal, primary goal, was to mm -hmm. create a new learning experience for these people and ourselves. I'd been writing for a while, so I kind of guided it, but I hadn't published a book. And it was self-published, so it's actually very easy. When you say for these people, do you mean the authors or the readers? The authors. The mm. authors. Yeah, it really began with the authors, mm. funnily enough. And we just, my friend had this idea from two years ago. He goes, well, we write a book about, and we thought that because our theme was education. So we thought, mm. all right, write something that's relevant to which is young people leaving high school and that journey, which is very messy. Mm -hmm. And in most of our societies right now, there's a lot of problems with how we guide people through that part of life. We don't have an initiation yeah. um, really. It's like kind of this big hole, like everyone's just left to go figure it out. I think it also looks like that the path of going to college after high school, you know, because it's a straight path and it's a seen path, it is a certain path because when you, once you finish your university, you go to any company, okay, you have the diploma certificates. It might change, I think, but that seems like the path. For example, my web developer, the person that I work with, very smart guy, he deliberately decided to not go to college because he wants to learn on the go. And you know, there are, of course, many things around that because, you know, everyone does it. 90%, 10% not. You are one of the 10%, maybe even less. And I'm like, okay, but is this something wrong with me? Is everything okay? And, you know, I can tell you from my experience, I went to college. I, you know, I'm also a decade older than you, I think. I went to college. I did a master, but what I learned at work during my travels i'm not talking about even work during interactions with other people during just daily life is so much more and i'm not saying with this with this set like university is a place where you should not go to but the learning is a very different way of learning like last week i went to a diving course here in turkey and uh, I, the, the petty course, easy for me, the theory, everything done, done, done. But going really down there, nine meters, 18 meters was, holy shit, scary. <laughs> I mean, re and that was not in the course. It says, okay, you need to be calm, you need to be calm. But when you really go there and you're not calm, what do you do then? You know, it's learning versus experience are connected but yet also different i believe but please continue yeah yeah well i'll pick up from that because that's a great point like experiential learning so some things are required by experience to be learned right right in the book that i could uh talk about a movie with you right and i could tell you everything that happens in the movie mm -hmm. batman avenger whatever movie right and i could say every scene give you every detail every line you still haven't seen the movie Right, and you still don't fully know if you like the movie, exactly. even though I ex explained it to you. We're talking about something removed from its context that requires experience, and so there are a whole stack of things that can't be. You know, the other one is like you know I could describe honey to you, but no matter how much I talk about it, you haven't tasted honey yet. I may have 
spoke it up. You may have got excited about it. You taste it's completely different to what you expected. And that's why there are, it's normally easy to, to give people information, mm-hmm. but it's harder to give people experiences. So that's why a lot of people focus on information. And also, information was more useful in the past than it is now, because now we've got information everywhere. And this is a big exactly. Seth Godin theme too, right? The internet has changed the reality of accessibility of information. It used to be you had to go have an encyclopedia to get knowledge mm-hmm. or go to a university or a college because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they had the researchers. So, you know, it, had, it has its place, but that has definitely changed. And what's harder to access now is probably experiences and experiential learning. So we're, we're very concentrated on between what that experience you're talking about, which is just a natural kind of life experience of going with things in the day-to-day learning of life, which is hugely valuable because you're in the reality of the world. That's why it's so good. You're sitting down watching the movie. So you're there in the reality. That's why it is good, even though it seems unstructured. And then you've got the very rigid traditional learning, which is mm-hmm. mainly still best the best path if you really know you want to go into something that needs a accreditation or et cetera. But then in between that, we asked this question about how do you help people discover a lot of the things they don't know about that they'd love to opt into, but they're not aware of. And that's where the book came in because none of these people were looking to write a book right then. But we, we gave them the prompt and we designed an experience that would make them. So we did like a retreat to start it off where everyone got to meet each other because mm-hmm. we didn't all know each other. So we ran a retreat and hired an Airbnb for a weekend and ran that. And that was a beautiful experience and ran that and did some self-awareness. So a lot of the things you would, you would love, to be honest, a lot of the deeper and self-transformative kind of themes. Nice. And then we transitioned from there into actually writing the book. And we said, you've got five weeks. And the first week is like, you have to write a terrible draft. So we broke it down into like a little process. Mm-hmm. I was just like the lead, but I was not the expert. I was learning too. Mm-hmm. This was my first official book project. And then we set that deadline. And then everyone kind of, some people were a bit late, but like everyone mainly like got their chapter in that deadline. And then I handled the editing and everything from there because it was my responsibility. And honestly, what we said from the start was that if the book never sold a single copy, it would still be successful because the original purpose was a learning exercise for us that cost us almost nothing, took a fraction of the time that a typical degree takes, yet had so many life experiences wrapped up into it that rather than just a book or a professional achievement, it was a real life experience too. Can you please repeat this, Joe, because I think this is a very important thing. Like, even though we do not sell one copy, can you just repeat that, please? Or Even if we never sell a single copy, the book would still be successful because mm-hmm. its objective was, it's like a degree. Yeah. If, if this was a degree, it'd be cheaper than any degree mm-hmm. anyone can do right now in the world <laughs> because we didn't, we, didn't charge any, not, we didn't charge anything yeah. and it would be shorter. But then yeah. you might look at the learning you got out of it. Exactly. I mean, you can use that as a, like, as you would know, a book gives you a lot of, and, and coming back to that Seth post, like a book gives you a lot of credibility for all our co-authors. Um, the book helps going forward. I mean, it was blurbed by Seth yeah. for one thing, which was very lucky. Yeah. So they'll always have that. And if they go negotiate a book deal in future or anything like that, or go to job interviews or talk about their experiences if they're in a job interview, yeah, job interview or starting a new business or anything like that. Or 
just reflecting back in 30 years or 40 years with grandchildren or something like that. You're actually not focused on the outcome, but more focused on the journey and the learning experiences you create, you have created by writing this book and together. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the initial focus. But then we realized as, as we talked about what we we're doing, everyone's like, oh, I really want to read that. Um, I think the title, my friend Byron, one of the co-authors came up with the title and I think he did a, it was a very clever title. And it, because again, then the, the other mission of the book is I do believe in storytelling to help a lot of the people at this stage of life. Mm. So now there definitely is a motivation to connect it with as many people who can benefit from the stories as possible. And you asked me who's it for. It's definitely for young people, probably at the end of their high school years or probably just after, even if they're 19, 20, 21, I think in particular, they'll get a lot of value out of it. And then probably educators too. And educators is a, is a big term. Like I've talked to a lot of people who are school principals or you know leaders of school communities who are very interested in reading it and and as they should be because this is a uh, eight people talking about what their experience was like yeah like this is actually what happens like what are we doing if we're not trying to understand who it's for like who is school for you know it was for people like us and and what was like the post school kind of journey it's for people like us people like you, people, everyone, everyone goes through some form of schooling system in most parts of the the world, especially the developed world, everyone. And so like, this is a very good articulation of a big problem in very clear terms because it's, it's stories. It's not academic. It's not giving you numbers. It's showing you what our lives have been like. So it's also a very clear picture of that. So educators is a very big big thing too. And it's so the, what, what it's for is massively for, for saying, yeah, we have work, we have work to do everyone. (laughs) What is the work that we have to do? What is the work you think we have to do? The work is a lot of things. I, I believe that, you know, uh, one thing is we talk about, I talk about a lot of this in the conclusion because I, I wrote the conclusion for it and the work is making it easier to be authentic be yourself. It's a really big part. When you are unsure of yourself, which is very common when you're kind of thrown into the world, it's like domesticating a cat or a pet for years. Mm -hmm. It's used to living in a home. It's not suited for the wild. It won't survive there, but then we let everyone out in the wild. What I believe we need is is guidance because when you're unsure of yourself, you try harder to fit in Mm -hmm. is what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I certainly noticed it from the authors in the book and their stories. Yeah. So when you're unsure of yourself and you lack confidence and you lack self-belief and self-esteem, you try harder to become the average, to please other people. Yes, to seek for the uh, approval and actually prevent getting disapproval. Prevent that. Yeah, exactly. And so the consequence of that is that that has a lot of self-compromise. People mm-hmm. are not to themselves, which puts the soul at war with itself, which definitely happened for me. But also we lose so much creativity exactly. and contribution from those people. We have people who are unable to do their art and art is not painting or music. Um, everyone has some form of art, you know, like yeah. multiple forms. And that might sound, if that sounds funny, it's actually a sign of how crazy our world is because in Different times in the past, in the 1500s, 
with Da Vinci and everyone like that running around, all the polymaths, all the Renaissance who are good at everything. They're, you know, Da Vinci is a, a painter, a drawer, a, he studied the human body, he studied light, he found all these physics things and, and they were all like that because it was okay to be like that. Yeah. That's why Florence flourished. They just had a culture where it was okay to be like that. We don't have a culture where it's okay to be like that. Don't go anywhere. Here's a message from our sponsor. We recently did run the very first transformation and growth workshop. And those who joined me on this journey transformed from the inside out in an area they care about. Are you hoping to start your own business or switch careers? Do you want to move to another country? Do you have a desire to build an abundant life? Over the course of four weeks, you can transform and grow around that. And no one, really no one can stop you. Because it works, I run it one more time. It is open to a handpicked of people. It's a virtual program available wherever there's a laptop and an internet connection. Who is this workshop actually for? It is for people who would like to transform from the inside out and are committed to do the work together with others in a community. People that are not looking for shortcuts. What is it actually for? The Transformation and Growth Workshop is a four-week self-development program where you can spend 30 minutes to two hours daily. With others, you will do the work and during the workshop, you will transform and grow in an area you care about. For example, the area can be career, business, health, relationships, wealth. Do not sign up for this workshop if you are not willing to do the work, but only want to have a glimpse of what the workshop is about or watch lectures. It's really nothing new. Not a breakthrough method that I have invented, but I have created a structured four-week program of methods I have not only studied, but have applied in my life over the past eight years in order to transform in many different areas of my life. If you do the work, if you are generous, the workshop will be transformational, not only for you, but for many others that are doing it together with you. I hope you will join me. Check out for more or register via ozkanozlem.com slash go. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M dot com slash go. Hope to see you there. But Joe, you, you said like the three years that you have studied that's college, psychology yeah. degree, you call it actually dead years. I, I want to give an ex example. Like, you know, before summer, I was teaching twice a week, sixth grade students, which I love to do. Yet why, what I really have learned for the, that past year is like what I am teaching, the curriculum is here and the real world is here. There's such a big gap. And, you know, the smart kids... You know, I I hope they I know the listener does not see it, but you know that what do you call me. this? Quotation mark, quotation marks. How do you what do you call this? Yeah, Joe? yeah, yeah. Quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. I'm doing it. They were just going to you know really good high schools, you know, and the creative students that could dance and uh, draw and uh, flock and you know be on TikTok. I mean, they were really like 
they, they, they felt like, oh, but I don't go to this high school, which is actually perceived in the society as a very, very good high school. And you say, my dad year psychology. What had to happen for you that you could experience at the end of this college degree? Hey, these were my beautiful years and not that years, but I really experienced this as a big learning process. I had fun. I experienced joy. I was creative. What could the teachers, the schools do for that? Because you, I mean, it's so important. This information, I think for many schools that are listening now, people that work for schools or teachers, this is so valuable because we don't know you. We did not grow up with an iPhone in our hands, for example, not an iPhone, maybe yeah. let's say a smartphone. You know, yeah. I had my first phone when I was 16. Maybe you had yeah. it much earlier. Well, see, I when I left high school, I wanted to be a filmmaker. Mm. That was my dream. And I wrote about that in the book. Like, I was scared. Like, at the end of the day, I didn't know how to go about it. Everyone told me I needed more experience first anyway, which I think was, I'm not going to swear on this podcast, but, you know, I think yeah. it was not true. I don't think I needed more experience. I think I could have started making, you know, films. And, um, but I, I chose the degree as a backup. And if I have the degree and if filmmaking does not work, I exactly can lean that. on the degree. <laughs> and so what happened is I just delayed the contribution I could be making in the world by years. Whereas, to be honest, if someone had... You know, if people, if most of the people around me had, and and ever, and other people had, kind of shown, well, no, no, you can, you can go pursue this, right? You can do it, right? Here are some steps to not do it in a stupid way, because risk taking is 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 important in creativity. What I think we need to do is protect people who are taking risks, mm-hmm. but still let them take their risks. Yes. Encourage them to take their risks. Demand them to take their risks. And the book is just the start. Yeah. The book is just the book is not going to solve all these problems. It hopefully will bring a lot of young people and educators a lot of clarity. But again, experience. Mm. You've read the book, but you haven't experienced mm-hmm. anything new, really. You've only read about us. We, the, the people who got the experience from 18 and Lost were the authors. Yeah. They got to write something and feel themselves grow. We're in the audiobook. When we released the audiobook, I did interviews with them in between each chapter. Mm-hmm. So just like this. So I said, oh, thanks, you know, Josh, for reading your chapter. You know, it's been some time since you wrote it. How are you feeling and how's life going? And so in the audiobook, we've got that. They talk about, yeah, because I did that, now I have the confidence to start my business. Whereas before I didn't have that confidence. Yeah. Even though it was, so you know, experience, giving people these creative projects as experiences. But in the constant student community, which you mentioned at the start, we began that this year. Yeah. And that's to help people do projects like this with people. So when it's with people, it's not as scary. Yeah. Right. And even if it's your podcast or your own book, community is still very powerful. You don't necessarily have to be on your own. Exactly. The community people that are they don't need to be fully like-minded. They might be also in totally different areas, have different belief systems, but when they really support you, I think that that's a very big 
benefit for your journey, I believe. You know, I would like to give an example of the unsureness, what we what you just uh, said a few yeah, minutes please. ago. Like I did all the steps, right? I went my to my bachelor right afterwards. I went, I did my master. I was the good girl which did everything regarding to schedule. But then I moved to another country. I moved back. I moved again to another country. I moved back. I changed careers all the time. <laughs> and honestly saying, you know, the unsureness, I think it also is for everyone works in a different way. Like I wasn't unsure. I was super confident that I wanted to move. But once I moved, once I was not always in a community which was supporting me, I got unsure about that because I felt, mm. yes, I want to move to another country, start another career. But because I did not have the backup from people, I was like, Hey, but is there something wrong with me? I mean, why yeah, am yeah, I yeah. weird? Yeah, no, yeah. I just turned 30 and uh, I'm yeah. not married or I don't have a house or a flat, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But what I can say during the journey, it's, it might not be a very nice feeling that you feel like, hey, but I don't belong somewhere. But once you really get used to that and kind of get out of it, you know, this is my journey. I did it this way. You don't need to move to another country or, but just mm -hmm. really following your heart and your guts, whatever says that you might not know what is there out there. Like you went to Nepal, you didn't know what was out there, but yeah. you know, all these things happened. I think it's a very important thing. And when, once it's done in community, it's of course much nicer much more fun. You feel the collaboration, I feel. Well, what you're describing is something I hear a lot now, because we, we start this community and it's a, the, the who's it for, for that community is like, is essentially people like you and I, especially people that are younger, because that's how a lot of them feel. Yeah. So they're normally the ones that are a bit more aware of a lot of this stuff and they're a bit more aware of themselves. They realize that they're a bit different in the way they behave and the, what they're interested in. And they're not really conventional. Yes. You know, they're not conventional, which is yes. good. But a lot of them, one girl said to me, she felt like the black sheep of her family until she yes. came to our yeah. community. Cause she realized what they don't realize is actually people everywhere. Yeah. Just like them. Exactly. It's the 18 year old version of me. And the beauty is that they can come to this community at the moment and it's the focus is, you know, giving them things to work on, challenging them. You can write a book. You can start that. Why don't you do it with those people? It's those things to get, you know, if people do, people should, you know, an 18 year old coming to this community should have three books by the time they're 25, something like that for the learning, not to be for successful. The learning. Author, exactly. For the learning, the learning about life and everything. But then, but really the, the biggest thing everyone gets out of it, which is not on the website or anything like that, is that they have a place where they can just be. Just be whoever they are. Just They can just be. be. They don't just have be. to look around and think, I'm not, you know, blah, blah, blah. They can talk about things in depth that they don't get to talk about. Their best friends of years and years and their family, they don't talk about these things with. And it's nothing crazy. It's just what they're thinking. Mm. And it's just real conversations like this. Mm. 
real conversations when left unsaid. And creating that space is, you know, when you say, pardon me, what's the work that we need to do? What we need to do is create spaces like that where people can just be. Because when they can just be, the real them can live on the surface, mm-hmm. not hidden. So you lose a lot of the suppression that happens, which is unhealthy. And when you want to talk about mental health and all that, I'm not a world-class expert in mental health, but I know enough that that's not, that's, that doesn't help. Suppression does not help. So when they can do that's a good first layer. You cleanse that. And then we have the opportunity to build a lot of Mm self-belief through experience, Mm -hmm. through not reading a bunch of books. That's not what books are for. Experience is you do a project like this and then you do, you know, these other projects and you find that, oh, people like me and I'm actually getting to meet people and I know how to make friends now and a lot of those things. And what you talked about, the ability to go to another country and, you know, it gives you confidence, the yes. experience. When you yes. haven't left, it's always scary because what's familiar, yeah. where human beings are biased towards what's familiar and we get comfortable. In order to be a diver, you have to go underwater. Okay, you need to also know the technique, (laughs) like how fast to go down, how fast to go up. Because you don't want to hurt yourself, but you need to go underwater with the regulator. With this said, Joe, my last question for you is for the listener that is listening now, 18 or lost, or maybe even 28 and lost, or maybe even trying to understand him or herself. Where would you like to take them on a bridge? Because the Bridging Podcast is about taking the listener on a bridge, sometimes to a familiar place and sometimes to a very new place. Where would you take them? I have a very simple answer. I would. Uh, it has to have a door. So the bridge, we can bring it, bring it together. So the first part of the bridge is the side they're on. So they're used to seeing this gap and there's this door. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what lies behind it, but I want them to open that door. And so the side they're on, is where they think they know what they're capable of. And they think it's normal for life to feel like it's six out of 10, which is, I called it in my chapter three dead years, but it felt like six out of 10 life. Like it was just plodding along. Mm -hmm. That's why it was dead, it was going nowhere. So they think that's normal. They think that they're bizarre in their group of friends, which is something we talked about. And then that bridge takes them through all these things they never thought they would do in their wildest dreams. And it's writing books with people and making podcasts with people and building apps and creating things that change the world and doing all that. And they go on on that journey over this bridge. That's the experience. And it's risky and it's scary. And they're going somewhere they haven't been before. And when they get on the other... Over water, yeah. Underwater, (laughs) over water. And then when they get to the other side, there's another door. And when they open that door, the thing they're left with, looking at them square in the face, is a mirror. Mm, very nice. Where they can see themselves. And you have to, I believe, you have to go on that whole journey Yeah. to really see yourself. You have to walk the talk. You have to do it. Okay. That's a very nice one. Where can people find you? More about the constant uh, student community, the book, when it's getting launched, you know, when they want to get in touch with you, just via Calendly, book a meeting with you. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the book, 
you know, very simple. It's being launched on the 18th of September. Easy to remember because 18 and lost. So are we. But um, you can sign up a pre-order now on our website. So it's just 18 and lost. Mm-hmm. 18-A-N-D-L-O-S-T.com.au. AU for Australia. And then um, is, but it is will an be e-book? for sale. Is an e-book? E-book, hardcover. I've got a copy here. I've got blur screen on, so it won't come up okay. come out well. But yeah, you can print on demand. You can have it sit there in the coffee, have a coffee and read it. And we have the audio book coming out shortly after that. And uh, yeah, concert student. You know, it's just concert student. If you Google that, concertstudent.com.au. We keep that a bit hush-hush. We don't really have social media um, for a particular type of person. But then me, maybe the best place to hang out with me, I have a, I have a podcast um, with Joe Weeby um, where I do, it's mainly focused on self-awareness and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I encourage people to reach out to me directly and, and yeah. have a chat, especially at the moment. I want to have conversations with people around these ideas. So whether it's um, Instagram, is maybe a good place to, to find me and have a chat or, or Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And I can, I don't know, I, I leave those accessible on all those sites, yeah. those sites too, so I don't confuse people. I will put it all on the episode notes uh, so the listener Easy. can find this all. Thank you so much. I highly appreciate it that you were there. Learned so much from you, 18 and lost. So were we. Yeah. I think I well, was, even though I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was. <laughs> uh, being lost is part of the journey. No, big thank, big thank you to you. It's been a pleasure, actually. You know, meeting you recently, very recently, and then seeing your work. And there's so much overlap, and so I really resonate. And um, you know, look forward to seeing everything that comes in your journey too. And there'll be many crisscrosses of the paths, I'm sure. So, I definitely think so. Thank you so much for this. It was a privilege. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, please leave a review. You can find more about my mindset coaching, book the student and daily blog at ozkanoslem.com or my Instagram ozkanoslem. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M.